The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus and his disciples left for the villages round Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he put this question to his disciples. Who do people say I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, they said, and others, Elijah. Others again, one of the prophets. But you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter spoke up and said to him, you are the Christ. And he gave them strict orders not to tell anyone about it. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man was destined to suffer grievously, to be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and to be put to death, and after three days to rise again. And he said all this quite openly. Then, taking him aside, Peter started to remonstrate with him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said to him, Get behind me, Satan! Because the way you think is not God's way, but man's. He called the people and his disciples to him and said, If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself and take up his cross and follow me. For anyone who wants to save his life will lose it. But anyone who loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What an interesting Gospel, dear brothers and sisters. First of all, our Lord asks the question, which we've often heard if you come to Mass normally, faithfully, you'll hear this Gospel repeated a couple of times, several times, I think, each year. Jesus asks the question, who do people say I am? And it is a most important question. And it's a question we should ask in our own minds and think about. Who is Jesus Christ? Who is he really? And even though many say they believe in him and they are Christian, I do not think many truly believe he is exactly who he said he is. That he's not only the saviour, but that he is God made man. As he said to the apostles, to have seen me is to have seen the Father. The Father and I are one. And when asked again who he was, he said, I am. This is the name God gives to himself, I am. And Jesus attributed that name to himself. Therefore, if he is who he claimed to be, and we know he proved this again, and again, and again. Therefore, not one word of his can be lost. Not one word of his can be relativized. And we cannot honestly and justly say that this does not apply today. As many people do say, both with the teachings of the gospel and the commandments of the Lord. If he is God Almighty, every word he spoke is for every human being on the face of the earth, whoever was and whoever will be. This is what faith in the Son of God truly means. So everything he has taught us is truth. He can speak nothing but truth because he is God and God is truth. All truth. God is light. All light. God is love. All love.
And all good comes from him. Everything good comes from him, our Lord and Saviour. So now he teaches. He asks the disciples who he is, and it is Peter that speaks the truth. And wonderfully so. You are the Christ. And the other Gospels tell us he said, he also said, the Son of the living God. God from God. And now our Lord starts to teach us his mission. He teaches us that he has to be rejected by his own people, the chosen people of God, that they will reject him, that he will suffer, arrested, crucified, tortured and crucified, in fact, and that he will die. He will be made a sacrifice to save the world to redeem the world. Now I want you to note, I want you to look back. When our Lord began his public ministry, remember he went on a retreat. He went into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He went to pray and to fast to begin his mission. Here he is, God made man, perfect in every way, without sin, taking on the sins of humanity, goes off to fast and pray for 40 days and 40 nights. And he is hungry and the devil tempts him. And how does the devil tempt him? He tempts him to use his power. But what's interesting, the devil keeps posing almost this question to him. If you are the Christ, if you are the Son of God, if... The devil's not sure. He doesn't know. He's almost taunting our Lord. Because the devil can't read minds. He's a fallen angel, but he isn't God. He's not everywhere. And he cannot read your mind. And he could not read Christ's mind for certain. If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Show me your power. Demonstrate it. And use it to make yourself popular so that everyone will love you. If you are the Son of God, cast yourself down because Scripture says he will not let you be hurt. The devil taunts him and tempts him to use his power for his own glory. And then the final temptation is he shows him all the cities of the world. He takes him to the top of the temple. Shows, he said, these are mine. If you bow down and worship me, I'll give them all to you. Have a kingdom. Have a crown without this stupid cross, without this suffering. These are the ways Christ was tempted in his humanity. He is a human being in everything but sin. And the devil tried his utmost to stop him from redeeming the world. To stop him from redeeming mankind. To stop him from that cross because the devil hates the cross more than anything on the face of the earth. The cross is the devil's doom. And Christ rejected every, every temptation because he knew his mission was to suffer and die, was to take on the sins of humanity, to bear them in his own body, 
even though he is innocent. To be crucified, to crucify our sins to the cross. To enter death, to destroy its power so that we could live. Because this is his love. His utter, utter love for us. So now we've got Peter coming along. Now, interestingly, when we compare Peter and Satan, because Christ calls Peter Satan, get behind me, Satan. Peter acknowledged Christ. You are the Christ, the Son of God. Unlike the devil, Peter acknowledged Christ. I don't know if Peter understood what redeeming humanity and saving humanity meant. But Peter's downfall was this concept, this idea, the crown without the cross. And this is where he aligned himself with Satan. The crown without the cross. Christianity without the cross. And how many have preached this over the, over the centuries? How many embrace this concept? How many Catholics have I met? They think this is the way. Because they've believed the lie. The lie of Satan. This is the way of Satan. Christianity without the cross. You know, as a child growing up, and I watched television go from black and white to colour, from big boxes to flat screens over the years, the changes that came in. There were many televangelists, many fundamentalist Christians preaching and making a great deal of money out of their preaching on the television. And so often, this is the line they took. Christianity without a cross... They took the success philosophy. If you follow Christ, if you love him, if you express your faith in him, everything will go well for you. That's what they used to teach. And it had a massive effect because many accepted it and believed it. And they missed the whole point of Christ. They missed what Christ came to teach us. What did our Lord say after he rebuked Peter? If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, he must renounce himself and take up his cross and follow me. If we do not do this, we are not with Christ. We are with the devil. You look at what our society has taught us, what the media has taught us over the last 50 years. Particularly, indulge yourself, pleasure, freedom, free sex, contracept, let there be no consequences to your actions. All about you, me, me, me. You are all that matters, my pleasure, my happiness, my success, me, me, me. That's everything that the media has taught us. And our whole society not only in Australia, but the whole Western world and many other, has turned around, has rejected the true God, has rejected the true Jesus Christ, and followed a philosophy of self-indulgence and pleasure and sin. And sin. And promotes it as good.
And so many have accepted this as the truth, as the way to go. And now look at our world. Look at our society, living in fear, terrified, unable to go out of our homes, unable to live as normal human beings, terrified of this virus that might make them suffer, that might even kill them. And is this what God wants of us? Is this how we're meant to live? This goes against everything we are as human beings and everything we are as Christians. How evil our churches have been closed by the government. This is the epitome of evil, justified by this terrible virus. Because people are afraid of the cross, that they might actually have to suffer. Mind you, all the running away in the world won't stop them suffering. Won't stop sickness, won't stop death. But they sell their birthright for a false idea of saving their lives. And that won't save their lives and it certainly will not save their soul. What happened to God's commandment? Keep holy the Sabbath day. How come that gets thrown out? By a government that's wicked and knows nothing of truth. But what's worse, because I don't expect anything from pagans that run this country. But what's worse are Catholics who listen to the media, who accept and believe the media. The media who has done nothing but lie to them for decades. Deceive them in every way imaginable. And they sit there in their homes watching the stupid television and believe the lies they're being told and with the truth twisted, just like the devil twists it and distorts it. That's what breaks my heart. They accept this lockdown, the closure of our churches as a good. How can this be a good? Never in the history of humanity has an illness caused this. Never should our churches be sold, be, be locked. The faithful being locked out of the house of God. This is evil. It's demonic. If we had the worst plague imaginable, the churches should be open. But you see, people don't believe in God, not in reality. They don't believe that God is the creator of everything. That he gives life and he takes life. That he can protect us and look after us. They won't trust him. They put all their trust in men. And what does scripture say? Put not your trust in mortal men, in princes in whom there is no help. But who reads the scriptures today? Who believes them? Ever since modern man was convinced of the great lie of evolution, they stopped believing in the word of God. And how easily modern man accepted evolution, even though there is no evidence of it in the world. But they accept it because the media brainwash them and convince them 
because our schools were poisoned by it and it was included in our education like so many other lies and deceptions and so many other evils that have been forced upon us in modern education. God made the world out of nothing. He is the creator of everything. And he governs it according to his law. But he has given man free will. And that free will is utterly true. And he allows us to break his rules, to break his laws, to reject them. But he lets the consequences fall on us if we do not turn to him. He calls us into his merciful love. But we cannot receive his merciful love if we keep ignoring him and keep rejecting him. For our sins to be forgiven, there must be repentance. For repentance, there must be admission of guilt and confession of sin. And at least the goodwill to do what we can to overcome them. Never before in my lifetime have we had to make such a very real and serious choice. It's time, brothers and sisters, to stand up for your faith, to do everything you humanly can for your faith. First of all, turn to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She warned us of this at Fatima. This is part of the warning of Fatima. The errors of Russia will be spread everywhere. And they have been. This communistic takeover of our democracy, where human dignity and human freedom have been destroyed. We have men and women who are elderly, who are stuck in institutions, not being allowed to be visited by their loved ones. This is evil. It is not right, it is not justifiable, it is not good. It is unacceptable. We are in a police state. Good citizens are being pursued by the police for being human beings, for wanting to practice their faith. Not criminals, but good Australian citizens. There is nothing good in what's going on at this moment. It is not justifiable. It is not right. And as for this vaccine passport, that's draconian. It takes away all our freedom, all our privacy, and it is also evil and communistic. We have to stand up for our faith, for our freedom, for our nation. Every year we celebrate Anzac when we think about all those wonderful young men and women who went to fight for our freedom. What are we doing? We're the most brainwashed, zombified generation ever. We sit back and watch our stupid televisions and the internet and accept all this. Everything is being taken away from us. Justified by fear, 
of the virus that might kill us. It's wrong. And it comes because we have lost our faith in God and we have stopped following Christ. We have to deny ourselves, do penance and pray. Pray the rosary every day, five decades, no more, five decades every day. If you're a Catholic, if you're a believer, pray the rosary every day. Finally do what our Blessed Mother asked us at Fatima. Because she warned. Her warnings aren't over yet. She said whole nations will be annihilated. Pope Benedict XVI told us that Fatima is not over. We need to turn to our Holy Mother. She said, my son wants to establish in this world devotion to my Immaculate Heart so that souls can be saved from going to hell. Hell is very real and there is a grave risk that many are going there. And once you're there, there is no ever getting out. May the Immaculate Heart of Mary intercede for us and help us and give us the courage to stand up and fight for our faith and our freedom. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.